think, um, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I think uh, finding your why is because this has been one of my mm. hardest things. You know, I look back on yes. my life, you know, what was your passion growing up? What <laughs> I, I didn't want to get my ass kicked by the neighborhood gang. That was my pa yeah. passion growing up as a tiny kid. Um, surviving. Yeah, surviving. <laughs> I, I was working you. on survival. <laughs> and and so so that's I think that self discovery of of finding your why that's going to be one of the things that really mm -hmm. um that's going to be the spark. I think so too. I think a lot of people were robbed from that in their childhood. Like I can only speak um from like from my story and like I'm hearing a lot of echoes in what you're saying but I feel like I just, I spent a lot of time in my childhood in trauma. And the only thing I learned was how to navigate through that and survive. Like there wasn't a lot of thought on like, like what makes me happy? Like what brings me joy? Like what do I want to do with my life? Like how do I have passion? How do I have purpose? Like you're not thinking about that because you're like, it's how do I get through this very hard situation? Like how do I make it day to day to day? And if you spend your most of your life, your early adolescence doing that, you should not be surprised that you get into like your, you know, later adulthood when you can finally make choice and have choice over your life and be like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know any of that information. And you can't feel like negative, like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst because I don't know any of this stuff. It's like, I actually was going through something really, really hard. And that was my own purpose and my only focus. And now I have the space to to actually think about these things. So thank you for getting me here and now here's my opportunity to like re to like try to rediscover myself yeah yeah and this is one of the things i think that um made me realize that i might very well have had some form of depression or something for a good part of my life mm -hmm. is that or anxiety i don't i'm not exactly sure that my doctors want me to go see a therapist or a counselor, which of course right now you can't because there's six plus months wait list all across the board. Yeah. Yeah. But they want to put me on pills. They know pills don't work for me. Um, mm. Anyway, but the, the, when I broke the news and, you know, let it out that I'm going in for some exploratory testing, a surgical uh, sleep study, and they're mm -hmm. drilling holes in my brain. And, so many, my uncle burst into tears and I'm like, man, you, you guys, it's not that big of a deal. And they're like, well, it's surgery. And I'm like, I realized that like, maybe it's my depression that's got this like no fucks given attitude. And it's one mm -hmm. of the reasons why I was fearless. Like when I was caving, when I was backpacking, climbing, all this stuff, it's, and I always said I got a subconscious death wish, but I was mm -hmm. I was actually serious about that, really. I said it jokingly and people were like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, no, I really do. I really don't give a fuck if I'm here or out there. Mm -hmm. You know, stardust, we're, we're all part of the great big bang and we're all going to be going back home when it's all over. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this time is fleeting. It's a little snap. Why not, why not like go out like a Roman candle? <laughs> I could definitely see where some of that would uh, stem from, like, some depressional thoughts, though. Like, I definitely think, like, depression does make me, like, I don't really care if I live or die. So, like, I can put – I think that that is the fine line that you need to walk, though. It's, like, it can make you fearless to be, like, I have nothing to lose. But also, like, if you feel like you have nothing to lose and you don't feel like your life has value, then you will put yourself in situations that are potentially, like, risky. Right. Or, like, you're not really – so. 
I, I think that it, it can be like with anything. I think you can use a lot of things for good and for bad purposes. So like if you want to use it to be fearless, like I only have one life to live and I know that like in any moment, like it could be fleeting, it could be gone. Like I should chase my dreams. I can go out like that can actually be so inspirational. Mm-hmm. Like I should explore that cave. I should, I should go and see that thing. So I'm not going to get my chance because I know that one day I'm going to be sleeping in the dirt like everybody else. So I, I think like it can be used that way. I just caution everyone to always yes. be like, you know, my life is valuable. So I'm not going to put myself in a situation that I'm going to be unsafe because I, I actually have value and I want to see a lot of life. Exactly. Exactly. And thank you. Thank you for, for saying that. You're right. Um, I don't want to quote unquote inspire anybody to do anything <laughs> stupid. Um, I was I was very well trained and mm-hmm. my crews were excellent of course, of on course. yeah, above par. So um and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like, you know, I'm I'm doing this because I'm so depressed. I'm I'm gonna like mm-hmm. actively try to sabotage myself Mm -hmm. it was more of a nonchalant flippant you know like you said one life to live glory let's go Mm -hmm. um and i did i did you know whether i came back the next day as long as i had did my best and and everything that was the most important part and and to your point i found out while i was repelling the grand canyon we were looking for this waterfall in the uh that came out of the wall of the grand canyon because uh, the Park Service gave us permission to resurvey that and push for more passage. Mm-hmm. And um, we're repelling. And I'm down there in the middle of the air, like 350 feet from the top and about 1,000 feet from the bottom, just dangling in midair. And um, I had just gotten a text message that my wife at the time was pregnant. And that changed everything that I noticed like a physical snap. It was like, this is really cool. And I was so excited. And, and it's like, there's something in my life. And so, yeah, the way I, the way I caved, the way I climbed, the risks that I would take throwing myself off of ledges and stuff like that, that stopped. I was a much more cautious, Mm -hmm. adventurous after that. So yeah, I didn't. And and it was also the dopamine. You get addicted mm-hmm. to the dopamine, right? Yeah. Like that's super exciting to like, <laughs> I don't know that I would want to be <laughs> dangling in midair personally, but I can see where it's very like people who get, who were like adrenaline junkies would be like, what do you mean? <laughs> I would love to be dangling in the air like that. Oh God, yes. Um, but it's also part of that whole addiction thing that we, mm-hmm. you know, I went through that my late teens, early twenties into college, um, through college. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, it was a party. And then of course I get my first jobs up in Aspen, Colorado, working radio in Aspen. Oh my God. Just such a, such a rich town. It was like cocaine everywhere. It was Mm -hmm. horrible. Well, horrible. Once you realized that your bank account was dry and yeah. (laughs) Um, but but that kind of addiction, you know, that that lifestyle is is kind of the it, like I said, it's the same thing with like adventure sports. You mm-hmm. just you, it amplifies that dopamine, which is why dopamine is the wild step cousin of yeah, of exactly. yeah. And I got hooked on it. I got hooked on it in one form or another for years, mm-hmm. years. 
And the misdiagnosis from my youth and the anxiety that developed from these small little apps and seizures in class and stuff and being told I was had attention disorders or ADHD mm. or weird shit that like, mm -hmm. I'm sure these people aren't going through the same thing I'm going through right now. And uh, it kind of fucked with me. But that's one of the reasons I got to be became a good actor. I mean, I think there was a little bit of natural ability with it, but mm -hmm. that was one of the main reasons was because it was like, I had to put on this front, I had to put on the front and yeah. Conan O'Brien, when we were talking earlier about it, Conan O'Brien was one of these people and his story really interests me because he's one of the funniest men on stage or behind a camera um, or on camera, I think. And he's a great writer too. So yeah, behind the camera. Um, but he talks about it because he was, he suffers from, uh, depression as well, but there's a, there's like huge rush from being on stage live. And that's where mm. you just, you know, it, and you know, you're on task, you have to be ready, you know, cause it's live and every second matters. And then as soon as you get off stage, there's this feeling of this downside that's so far down. And what, what am I? What's, oh, wow. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like a withdrawal almost. It's almost immediate because the high is so high being mm -hmm. live on stage. And then the withdrawal immediately after is is like just as intense the mm -hmm. other way. And I've noticed I feel that way too. You do have to get like, I feel like when you're having like a lot of energy into something too, like I have to, I'm giving you all of my energy. Like that is going to make you really high, but it's also going to drain you so much. So when you like step off of that platform, you're like almost like exhausted. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Like not only am I like out of this situation that was like giving me adrenaline, now I'm like ex depleted and exhausted from that situation. So like that that is going to kind of like, I guess that's where like you would need to like set yourself up for success by like practicing self-care after. Like if you know that's how it's going to be, it's like how can I, you're not going to change that dynamic. All you can do is support yourself in that dynamic. Unless you're like going to give up acting, but like then why would you want to do that if you love it? You know, like, <laughs> well, no, but I think you make a great point there supporting yourself within the dynamic, um, mm -hmm. you know, because, um, and I'd, I'd be lying if I said I didn't do this myself. There were, there were times in, in performances where it's like, okay, I'm going to take a couple quick shots or I'll take a, a mm -hmm. hit or something to take the edge off. <laughs> Calm right? the nerves. <laughs> oh, dude, those performances always sucked more than the ones where you've got the healthy butterflies and you're just buzzing, right? Um, but that brings in, so so we've got the serotonin because you're happy, right? And then you've got the dopamine, which is just pumping. But mm -hmm. then you got the endorphins. So you got all three of those kicking in there. Yes, that's actually like, um, you know what it makes me think of is like exactly how like drugs work. So like they say that like if you take a lot of drugs, that like, you or your serotonin levels, like you have a harder time having natural like serotonin and dopamine because you actually like exhaust. Like if we want to talk about it from like a neural standpoint, right? Like serotonin and dopamine, like they go to like your receptors in your brain, right? right. They keep like connecting and connecting and connecting. But if it if you have too much at one time, you actually exhaust those ports to like receive. They like don't want to like receive anymore. So like I, I just the way you're describing it is like almost like drugs when you're like your brain's so high, like you have so much. Like what happens when all of a sudden that that all those levels completely drop? Like like an immediate withdrawal. It's it's like mm -hmm. yeah, it's like um, getting too drunk 
and then your <laughs> body's just overdosed and withdrawals the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I like your idea of of setting yourself up for the crash. You know, if you know that that's mm-hmm. going to happen to you, and this doesn't have to apply to performing performing. Yeah, it can apply know. to anything. Yeah, it can apply to anything. You know, um, but if you know that that your downslide is kicking your ass and you don't mm-hmm. want it to take an entire day, um, then pay attention to the things you love. Get the things you love. You know, um, mm-hmm. if you want to, you know, grab grab something that's off your diet, a comfort food, um, you know, plan, don't plan anything for that morning or something mm-hmm. or plan something like force yourself to get up and go on a hike. Yeah, go for a walk, get outside, listen to music, you know. Just, yes, listen um, to music, that's key. Love that. I am a super big advocate for this concept of like setting yourself up for success. Um, I think it really applies to life, but I actually got it from a server job I used to work where like before service, we would think about all the things that would go wrong. Like what would I need if it was crazy busy in here and I'm just like in the weeds, like got so much stuff going on. Like what am I going to need? Like, oh, I might need extra plates nearby. Oh, someone might drop their cutlery. So I might need like cutlery nearby. Like, oh, someone's going to ask me for pepper. I'm not going to run all the way back to get pepper. I'm going to put the pepper like close to my table. So like it's the concept of like thinking about like what could go wrong, not in like such a negative way, like everything could go wrong, but just in a way where it's like, think, okay, things might go wrong. And like, what can I do to like help myself? So that yeah. like this is easier instead of being like nothing's ever going to go wrong. So I'm unprepared for that situation. Like once you're in it, you're in it. Like it's hard to just be like I'm in this like shitty place and now I have to do all this stuff to get out of it. I have to think about what I'm going to do. Then I have to actually do that thing. Like take one of those steps away. Put the thought. Think about it ahead of time and then just bring that list out and be like, here are the things I do when I'm feeling bad. Here's the things I do when I feel depleted. Like here's what I do to help myself. Like just come up with a plan. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And that's um, journals. This is where journals come into play. Mm-hmm. And this ties into this ties into seizure journals. And I, you know, the the seizure journals aren't just for the doctors and everything like that. It's mm-hmm. for yourself. It's to be able to look at it and say, okay, you don't just say, hey, I logged a seizure here, and this is what ha-, you know. But it's yeah. also, what did I eat before? What led to this? How did I mm-hmm. feel? Um, and over time, if if you can review that and you you kind of go over that, um, you don't need the doctor present to do that. You can do it yourself, yeah. and you start to get trends, and you start to see things and notice that things. And certain at certain points, you realize, oh, that could very well be a trigger. What if I tra- mm-hmm. changed that? What if I changed that? Mm-hmm. I love that. I definitely think that the, like we live our lives every day. So if you start to document it, like you will see patterns in your life. Like I feel like um, we get really stuck in the moment and we forget about uh, like all the data that's happened outside of the situation. It just becomes about like at least for me, like this this situation becomes all consuming. I can't even access this other data over here. But if I like write it down or I put this in a place, maybe not in this moment, maybe this moment is now not the time to try to like analyze it. But, you know, if I can put some words into paper, if I can like put this in a place for me to, for to me, Englishes, for me to review, uh, definitely I think patterns will come up for anybody. They definitely come up for me where I'm like, oh, I'm seeing that thing. 
Um, for me, the biggest thing I notice is when I'm in conflict with people. Yeah. This is where I like see patterns. Like I was just in a conflict with my boyfriend the other day. And in the heat of the moment, I was like, this is getting so intense. Like I'm feeling so intense. He's feeling so intense. And like, it's just building bigger and bigger and bigger. And when I stepped away from it, I was like, well, he said that thing that triggered me because he actually wanted reassurance. So I said that thing that triggered him because I actually wanted reassurance. And like, we actually just spent, we actually both needed these other things that we didn't say we needed. And we went about it in this way that actually just like pulled these other things out of us. And like, this is what made the the conflict so big all of a sudden versus like being able to see in the moment. So then now it's like, how can I bring this awareness to the moment? So like next segment, I can be like, oh, you actually just need reassurance from me. You're not saying it in the right way. (laughs) I actually need reassurance from you and I'm not saying it in the right way. Yep. Yep. So like starting to look at those patterns so like you can help yourself. Mm-hmm. And being being in those moments of conflict or um, stress or emergency where you don't have a whole lot of time, if any, to mm-hmm. think before you can act, um, that's where what you were talking about earlier is that primal um, defensive negative thinking um, yeah. kicks in an overdrive. So your ability to get past that in in those kind of situations um, and volatile moments you have to develop it. It's something you have to train for. And mm-hmm. how do you train for it? You track it and practice. Yeah. 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 It's like, like a golf game or like weight training. You yeah. I was just going to say, like, you don't just like wake up one day and like run marathons or like, you know, climb mountains. Like you train, you prepare, like no, no professional person woke up one day and was like, today I'm a professional. And I just, I know everything. Like, they might have woken up and had some skills. Don't get me wrong, but they had to hone that skill. They had to practice. Like it's a daily practice. Like anything, mm-hmm. if you want to get good at it, practice makes perfect. Like figure out what's going to help you. Try different stuff for starters. Like it can just be like I'm in the trials right now. That's okay. I'm going to try some stuff on for size. See how that works. And then when I find something where I'm like, okay, you know, maybe this is working for me. I, I want to dive into that a little bit more start doing it more regularly and see what happens. Like document that for yourself. Yeah. See, like you only have your life to improve. Yep. Yep. And getting into music for me, getting into instruments, you know, I, such a, such a self perfectionist and so Mm. self critical and it's like, no, I can't do it. You know, I'd start and I'm like, oh, that sounds like crap. And after a while I'd just be like, I'm not, I can't do this. And I'd put it down and it's like, like I'm a better singer. I can sing better. Well, dumb shit, of course, because mm-hmm. you were trained that throughout school into college and beyond. And if you just spent the same amount of time on whatever instrument you pick up, and right now I've got a banjo, then <laughs> you'd be good at the banjo too. And so it's case in point, man. You just got to keep doing it. And you got to write down where you're at and where mm-hmm. you're going because the only way to find out your progress and to keep yourself from getting too down, like in training, like in weightlifting, mm-hmm. to keep yourself from getting despondent is to write down where you were so that next time you're you're out there in the gym lifting weights and you're like, oh, I'm not to goal yet. I'm not to my goal yet. Mm-hmm. But then you can look in that journal and you can say, oh man, but I'm lifting... 10 more pounds than I was last month. Exactly. Boom. 
like how do you know where you're at if you don't know where you started? Yeah. You can't just be like, okay, I started and this is where I want to be and there's only two points on my page. It's like, mm-hmm. how are you getting from here to here? <laughs> you're like, you do need to be able to like, and I think it's like actually very motivational. I think that that's like what I'm, I'm getting from what you're saying to me. It's just like for the days that like I feel like I'm not doing it great, I have this to like reflect back on and be like, oh, I actually look at where I started actually. I was all the way over here and now I'm here. Oh, great. Look at my progress bar, like moving across. Like instead of being like, oh, my, my goal is all the way over there and I'm still over here. It's like, oh, but the starting line was here and I'm actually right here. So like, look at me moving over here. Like I'm, I'm doing the thing I said I was going to do that I wanted to do. Like, that's great. Like you should be so proud of yourself for moving. And the other thing I will say is like, sometimes do it just to do it. Like, don't do it because I'm trying to get to that goal. Do it just to have fun. I feel like this is something in my life that I'm really trying to just like practice. Like I, I love makeup. I'm like a, I'm a makeup artist, uh, like on the side, like I love all things makeup and stuff, but sometimes I get so focused on like perfecting the looks that I actually suck the joy out of it. So I'm like, but I want my skills to be so sharp, but I, but I want this look to be so good. And like sometimes the best days are when I just just do whatever. And I just see what happens. And I'm like, Oh, I actually had so much fun. Like maybe this look isn't going to win me any awards. Maybe this look isn't going to be something I'm going to photograph, but like I had so much fun, so much fun doing it. And like, isn't that why I'd started doing it in the first place? Cause like it brought me joy. Like, was yeah. I just doing it to be perfect? Cause like that's going to be fleeting. I feel like at least doing it because it makes me feel great. Like that's something I'll take any day. Amen. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And, you know, I think, uh, I think I lose sight of that way too much. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do. I think, we, and, yeah, I was going to say, I think we all do. Yeah. Yeah. It's a necessary thing. I think I need to, um, I've been doing better. I've been getting mm-hmm. better about it. This last couple of weeks, I've made physical steps uh, to start moving back toward um, a better, better headspace, a better frame of mind mm-hmm. um, while I wait in line for my turn to interview one of the five or six different therapists I'm on a wait list for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's really, really important. And we can, we can talk all we want. And we have, we've talked for a little while today <laughs> about the healthcare system. And, you know, we could go deep dive into insurance companies and into the pharmaceuticals, aggressive um, lobbying tactics with with hospitals, not not a let alone the hospitals, let alone the government. Um, mm-hmm. um, I think we touched on the stuff that I think is most pertinent to us because, regardless of any of those factors, it's still up to us to, like you said, be our own advocate. You know, mm-hmm. guide our own treatment. Um, they're a tool. It's all a tool to get what we need and. Yeah, you know, do what you mm-hmm. can. Do what you can. Sometimes you can't get all yeah. the way there, but you can do what you can. And just start with one. I think that uh, I think we try to like do too much too quick as well. Like again, managing expectations. Just just find one thing to help your situation. Like right. especially if you are in like a more severe situation, I would say like where you're like you know contemplating your life. And this is applicable for anybody, but I I think especially just to, for those people like. Find something that you can pick up tomorrow that is going to help you. One thing. It, it doesn't have to be the best thing. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be a thing that helps you stay alive. 
that helps you make your day a little bit easier. That helps you feel a little bit more happy. Whatever you're trying to accomplish, pick one thing. Don't shoot for the moon tomorrow because that's not that's not in the range right now. Like you're just trying to help yourself. You're struggling. Like it's okay to be like, this is really hard for me and I am going through something heavy and I'm trying to get all the way over there and I'm dragging all this shit behind me. How am I supposed to be running over there when I'm pulling all this weight with me? Like you're, it's going to be hard. So, you know, find a backpack that you can pick that stuff in, get yourself a cart that you can wheel some of this stuff in. And then slowly you can unload some of that stuff and that journey gets lighter. It gets easier. Like we can move more freely, but it just, it's one step in one direction with the, what we got going on right now, yeah. instead of trying to wish that all away. Cause I feel like then we we're setting ourselves up for like disaster again, where we're like, Oh, but I wish it was differently. I wish I wasn't experiencing that, but, but you are, but that is your life. So how can I, I find more in this for me so that I can like live a better life. I think like for me, like I'm at a place in my life where I think of depression and like anxiety and stuff. And like, there are parts of me that feel so negative towards it, but there's also parts of me that are like grateful for it. Like it's made me a more empathetic person. It makes me able to like connect with so many people in ways that other people cannot because they can't understand. And I can like sit down with people who have struggled and be like, yeah, I get that for you. I also feel like it helps me make other people feel like they're not crazy. Cause I'm like, hey, I see you. I see that happening for you. You know, and I just, I feel like it has like made me like be able to experience life from such a different lens that other people will never have an opportunity to experience. And not every day do I sit there and be like, I'm so grateful for this, but there are definitely moments now where I'm like, this is a blessing in disguise sometimes. Like it's a curse, but it's also a blessing. And it's like, it's all about how you shape it and you try to look at it where you're like, how can I actually make this work for my life versus it working against me in my life there you go there you go inspiring <laughs> thank you <laughs> that's beautiful thanks yeah yeah i mean i don't expect everyone to wake up tomorrow and feel like that i just i want to preface that like it's been a journey to, to get here so. this is to my sick kids time to flip this shit depakote adderall ritalin fixie sticks i don't give a fuck what you're riding to the setting sun use it as a weapon when it's said and done said it's all too much said it's all too much said it's all too much and if the world breaks your legs you go and beat it with your crutch it's all too much